Welcome to the Cardi Show Podcast. I'm Ren Cardi. Of course, glad to have you with us. On today's program, he's an award-winning beat writer for the Orange County Register, covering the Los Angeles Angels, and he has recently authored the book Showtime, the inside story of Shohei Otani and the greatest baseball season that has ever been played. It's a pleasure to welcome Jeff Fletcher to the program. Jeff? Great to meet you. Thanks for the time. Hey, thanks for having me. So we were wondering if you could talk to us about your journey into baseball and how you became a beat writer and now an author. Uh, Yeah, well, I uh, decided I wanted to cover baseball probably when I was about 14 years old. I just knew that uh, I loved baseball. And and, uh, once I realized that they actually paid people to go to games and watch them and write about them, I thought that seemed like a pretty good deal. So uh, I pursued that uh, through college. I, I studied journalism. I worked at the school newspaper. And then I got a job, began covering high school sports, and then moved on to small college sports. And I have been covering Major League Baseball since uh, 1997. You uh, were, my homework's correct, you were covering the A's and the Giants prior to covering the Angels. Am I correct on that? Yeah, I did that for about uh, 12 years or so, and it was through all the money ball years for the A's. Right. uh, Barry Bonds and all that for the Giants, and I saw all of his milestones and records and uh, all that kind of stuff. And uh, right at the beginning of the Giants, uh, when they won the World Series, three out of five years, I was around for two of those. So uh, definitely have uh, saw a lot of uh, great stuff when I was covering those two teams. So I wanted to talk about, uh, get into your book, this bad boy right here, for nobody that can see it because we're audio only, uh, Showtime. Uh, <laughs> what were your first impressions of Shohei Otani when you got word that he was coming to the United States? Well, I mean, I think I, like everybody else, was skeptical that he could really do it just because nobody had done it before, you know, in 100 years. And even even when Babe Ruth did it 100 years ago, I don't think that was really comparable to doing it in modern baseball. Uh, so just because he done in Japan, I thought, all right, that's great. Let's see what happens. And, uh, his first spring training here, he was pretty bad, uh, as a hitter and a pitcher. So I think that that further made everybody skeptical, but then, you know, once the season began in 2018, he really just flipped the switch and he was a very good hitter and a very good pitcher right off the bat. And, uh, you know, he did that for a couple months and really everybody just thought it was incredible. And, uh, that was pretty much when the, the book began. And, uh, you know, obviously there were some rough moments in between what he did in 2018 and what he did in 2021. You know, Tommy John surgery, uh, some other injuries, some knee surgery, uh, some bad years, COVID. Uh, so all that is kind of the journey of the book. But uh, but basically, it's really nothing like I expected uh, when he first got here, just because it's such an impossible thing to to conceive of somebody doing. Yeah, and uh, I remember we had a gentleman up here. I don't know. I think you might have come across him in your trips to Toronto by the name of Arden Zwelling, who uh, did a deep dive as well. Uh, he was the guy who turned me on to Otani prior to him signing with the Angels. Um, fascinating stuff. And also fascinating that you get former uh, Angels manager Joe Madden to write the forward to your book. How key was Joe and uh, General Manager Perry Manias in uh, Tuotani's 2021 campaign. Yeah, I think those guys really sort of unlocked it. Uh, you know, the Angels, there's obviously no blueprint for how to handle a guy like this. And so when Billy Epler was the GM, and, uh, you know, previously when, when Nick Sosha was the manager and then Brad Osmus, they didn't really know how to do it. And they just wanted to make sure they took care of him and make sure that he didn't get hurt. 
and that his performance could be maintained. So they gave him a lot of days off. They put a lot of restri- restrictions on when he could play. They didn't have him hit and pitch on the same day, uh, all kinds of things. And it really, it didn't sit very well with Otani. I mean, he still ended up getting hurt and he, he had some, some performance issues too. So uh, then we get to the 21 season and now Perry Manassian is the GM. It's his first year as the GM. Uh, Joe Madden is still the manager. And I think they realized, all right, this is, you know, what we've been doing with Otani has not worked. And let's just try this, uh, for lack of a better word. Let's just say, let's just throw all that stuff out and just let him go, do what he thinks he can do, do what he wants to do, and see if it works. And uh, basically it did. It worked great. Otani felt really free to be himself. And he he felt like he could be kind of the total baseball player that he was. And he also had done some work with driveline previous to that season, which allowed him to really know physically what he could handle. And uh, it all, all the stars sort of aligned. And I think that was kind of that decision to take the restrictions off him and put him in charge of his own, you know, career uh, really was what unlocked, you know, what he has done in the three years since then. In the book, you talked about the cold weather in, uh, I'm going to screw this up. Oahu, Japan. Uh, where Otani- Oshu. Oshu, Japan. Oshu. Thank you. Where Otani's parents lived. Um, how did he stay ready for baseball season during the colder months? That's a problem up here for a lot of guys in Canada as well. Yeah, I think it's uh, not quite uh, to the level of what you get in Canada. I don't, I don't think it's like there's, uh, you know, a lot of snow everywhere. It's it's more comparable to, you know, like uh, Midwest parts of the United States, you know, where you still in the winter, you can still get out and play a little bit. Uh, I think in Japan, they... They do a lot of uh, just this pretty serious training when they do start playing. So I don't necessarily think that you need to to do it twelve months a year to to stay sharp. Uh, I think that they do plenty of work when they are doing it, and I think that that's just kind of when he when it was baseball time for baseball, he was just committed to it, you know, a hundred percent. And I think that's what happened. If Otani doesn't sign with the Ham Fighters in the NPB, does his two way career go by the wayside? Is he just an outfielder? Is he just a pitcher? If he doesn't sign with them. Yeah, I think that that's uh, that's true because uh, basically when he was coming finishing high school, he wanted to come straight to the United States and begin a professional career over here, play in the minor leagues somewhere over here. And uh, I think if he'd have done that at that point, they would not have allowed him to be a two-way player. They would have said, look, you're a pitcher. Forget this hitting stuff. You know, you're a good hitter in high school. Just forget it. We're not going to do it anymore. And I think he was probably going to accept that. But then the, the fighters basically said to him, said, hey, look, we think that you could do both. And if you stay here in Japan and play for us, we're going to give you the opportunity to do both. We're going to develop you at both. And they really gave him a, a lot of leeway to do that that a U.S. team would not have done because of the promise they made to him and sort of the deal they made with him. So uh, I think that, you know, there's there's obviously tons of of really good potential two-way players in the U.S. right now, you know, that, that get into professional baseball. But then as soon as they get in, it, it's over. Their teams just say, forget it, we're going to focus on what you do best. The deal that Otani made with them, the fighters, was to not do that. And that allowed him to really develop. And in the five years he played over there, which kind of would have were much different than the five years he would have had over here playing in the minor leagues, that allowed him to get to the point where by the time he was in the major leagues, he was really able to do both successfully at a high level. And uh, I just don't think that that would have happened if he would have gone straight from from high school to the United States. It's interesting because um, you also documented in the book uh, comparisons to Babe Ruth, and you uh, documented it really well. 
uh, how Ruth told reporters how he was not made to both pitch and hit. And I know Shohei Otani and Babe Ruth are two different body types. With the Tommy John surgery that uh, Mr. Otani's going through, do you see him succeeding as a two-way player in the future? That's a great question. I think he's definitely going to try. And I think that I would guess that he's probably going to succeed just based on what he's done in the past. But it is certainly more of a question now than it was four months ago before he had this injury. Uh, it's not certainly a sure thing that you can come back from a second surgery of that nature. But we're going to see. We're, we're definitely going to see what he tries to do. He has no intention of, uh, of giving up. I think you know he'll pitch again in 2025. We'll see how he does. It may be 2026 before he's his old self again, but uh, it's definitely going to be, uh, he's definitely going to try for it. It's back to his first start at Angel Stadium. I mean, you were there. How, how was the energy level and how were everybody's emotions? Uh, back in 2018? Yeah. Right first start? Yeah. 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 People were pretty excited. And uh, because he'd had that first series on the road in Oakland and, uh, you know, he had a couple hits and he pitched a game. It was a, a decent game. And then he played some home games as a hitter when the Angels got home, and he hit a few homers. And so everybody was really starting to believe, you know, that what we'd seen in spring training was maybe not the real him, and that there was a chance that he could be really good. And then his first game, uh, home game, he pitched also against the A's, and he took a no-hitter into the seventh inning. And, uh, you know, everybody, you know, at that point, that was really the day that he became like this – oh, my God, he's really going to do it. He, he really can do it in the major leagues. And I think, you know, the day after that game, he became the, the favorite for MVP immediately. So uh, that pretty much tells you uh, how drastically things changed. And uh, from that moment on, you know, the days that he's pitched have been days you circle on the calendar that you, you want to see. His appointment viewing, and he's appointment viewing for uh, people on the East Coast as well. So prior to signing in, just before he signed to the Angels, uh, you quote Otani saying, personally, I don't care about money. So besides 30 surveys potentially going out to other teams uh, this offseason, like it did in the uh, 20, uh, 2017 offseason, do you feel that if he still has the I don't care about money attitude, that more teams could be in play for his services this upcoming offseason? I guess what I'm trying to ask, Jeff, is do you think East Coast teams are in play? Because we know he loves the West Coast. Uh, I think they are in play. And uh, I think that you know, he, it was a lot less money in 2017. So basically all the teams were in play there. So yeah. he's not going to get any more. Uh, it's going to be, we're talking about a lot more money now. Uh, so I think there's going to be a lot less teams involved. But, you know, there are going to be some East Coast teams, you know, the Red Sox, Yankees, Mets. Uh, those teams have tons of money. Teams like the Blue Jays and Braves, uh, those have been very successful teams, you know, in recent years. So there's going to be some appeal for those teams too. Uh, I think that he's definitely preferred the West Coast, you know, just from you look at what he did before. Uh, I don't know that that's necessarily 100% indicative. We really are just guessing on what he wants because he doesn't say anything about it. Um, so we really just have history to be our guide. And, you know, when he picked his seven finalist teams in 2017, it was five teams on the West Coast and the Rangers and Cubs. So, you know, I think there's a perception that he really doesn't want to be a big media fishbowl where he is you know, bombarded all the time and, and has to deal with a lot of extraneous things, which is why I think that like a New York or Boston or, you know, Chicago might be lower on his list, but this is just sort of my perception. He's never said that. So, you know, if you're forcing me to, to guess, I'm going to guess still probably West Coast, but 
we really don't know. I can't wait for it. But the interesting part about the Angels is that at one time we thought Mike Trout was going to go home. We thought he probably could have gone to the Phillies, but he stayed in Los Angeles. Do you think there's a chance Otani stays in the Angels and he resigns with them in the offseason? Yeah, I think there's definitely a chance. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's the most likely scenario. I've been telling everybody I think there's about a 30% chance that he resigns just because, you know, the Angels definitely do not have some of the things that he wants, which is primarily a chance to win every year. I mean, certainly the Angels could become that, but as of right now, they're not. You know, they haven't won a single time since he's been here, so that certainly doesn't help their cause. But uh, there are a lot of things that he's, he likes with the Angels. He likes the people. He likes his teammates. He's very comfortable. The, the Angels basically do everything to accommodate him. They shape the whole roster around him. They, they've, they've made this deal with him where he basically gets to be in charge of everything. He pitches when he wants. He hits when he wants. He does it all exactly the way he wants. He doesn't even talk to the media, basically, which is all a very comfortable situation. If you're just looking at like quality of life kind of things, all that stuff is good. So I think all of that adds up to there being uh, some realistic chance that he does stay with the Angels. He's obviously got to believe that they can win because he he wants to win. He doesn't want to just be you know, losing teams this whole year. But uh, you know, I wouldn't say the Angels are not. You know, uh, no offense to the Pittsburgh Pirates, but a, a team like that that you just go, well, they're never going to really be uh, a good team. You know, sustainably. You know, the, the Angels could be that team if they get some do some things better than they've done. So uh, I think that there is definitely a chance that he resigns. Talk to us about the uh, current management situation, I guess, both in the dugout and in the front office. So Phil Nevin is out. Assistant GM Alex Tamman is out. Is uh, Perry Manassian safe? And, I mean, when it comes to future managers, there's kind of some controversy up here in Toronto with John Schneider. There's a relationship with him and Perry. Is he a guy that maybe uh, could be coming to the halos before we know it if things don't get straightened out here in Toronto? I mean, your first question is Perry safe. I mean, he has a one year, he has one year left on his deal. So he's that safe. <laughs> he's as safe as that. So I don't, they're not going to do anything now. They would have already made a change if they were going to do something this winter. But, uh, you know, going into next season, you know, he's going to have to win, I think, uh, to, uh, to stick around. So that sort of makes it a tenuous situation, especially if you're looking as a, as a manager coming in. You go, you know, the GM's got one year left. If I come in and the GM's gone, then maybe I'm going to be gone too. That's so true. it uh, it does make it a very interesting uh, dynamic. You know, we'll just have to see uh, how it goes. Uh, as of right now, you know, we don't really know who all they would be looking at as a manager. I know Buck Showalter is a name. that uh, There's some mutual interest because he was the runner-up when Joe Madden was hired a few years ago. And also Buck and Perry worked together in Texas when Perry was first starting out in baseball. So there's a connection there, but uh, that's just one connection that we know of. There's probably plenty of other people out there that, uh, you know, through through Perry's connections in Toronto and Atlanta and Texas, uh, you know, that would certainly be candidates. So talk to us about the book, Jeff. So I understand the paperback version has also been released as well. Yeah, the paperback, uh, the, the, the first edition of the book came out basically following the 21 season, which was his first, you know, great year that he won MVP and sort of took you through from his growing up in Japan through getting to the United States and all the ups and downs of his first few years in the big leagues through that 21 season. That's the first book. Uh, And then right after that book came out, he of course had another great season in 22. And then there was the WBC in uh, March of this year, 23. So the uh, 22 season and the WBC are both included as an extra chapter in the paperback. Uh, which just came out a few months ago. 
So uh, it is now the most up-to-date version of the uh, Otani story that we have available. And uh, it's still mostly the, the original story that goes through 21, but it is uh, updated to uh, to get you through uh, Otani striking out Mike Trout to win the WBC. Pretty cool. So what are you working on over the offseason? Uh, believe it or not, I'm working on another Otani book uh, that is just going to be in Japan. There's really, you know, since the end of the last book, there's really not enough to do another new one uh, here for the U.S. market. But uh, in Japan, I could probably write a, a new book about him every year. So uh, that's definitely a lot of interest still in him in Japan. And uh, so I'm working on that and uh, just following what's going on with the Angels and who's going to be their manager and if they're going to be able to bring Otani back. And uh, and if not, how they're going to try to uh, turn the ship around. It's going to be a pretty exciting offseason. I want to encourage everybody to head out uh, to your bookstore and get Showtime, the inside story of Shohei Otani and the greatest baseball season ever played. Get the paperback version, too, because it's updated. It's also available on Audible. Jeff Fletcher, thank you very much for this. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks for having me. All right. For uh, Jeff Fletcher, I'm Brent Carty. This has been The Carty Show. Take care. Bye-bye. 